It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. I'm so excited that you're tuning in today. We are continuing in our study of Matthew chapter 6. If you have been with us over the past few weeks, you know we've been covering this vital subject matter, one that we all struggle to do and to do well, and that's to not worry. That's right. That's the instruction from our Lord. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry about tomorrow. And these are the words that we have been just dwelling on, studying, trying to draw out of as we go through this exegetical study, verse by verse, trying to understand a little bit more in a finite understanding. And may the Holy Spirit guide our study as we talk about these things, because it seems so easy to say that. Why is it so difficult to live by that? It's easy for us to give advice to someone else. Don't worry about that. Just rest tonight. Go have a a meal. Uh, Put your mind at ease. Oh, we're so good about giving advice to others. But then when we face adversity, how quickly we revert right back to that behavior of worrying about things, stressing out, uh, giving into fear even. And so we want to go through that one more time to hear those powerful words from our Lord Jesus Christ. And before we do, if I have caused you some concern that you're thinking, well, wait a minute, this is a continuation of a previous thought, certainly you can go to calvaryfountain.com and pick up the previous series that we have been studying these powerful words and share those messages with your friends and family alike. But I can assure you that as we're going to pick up here today, this will be a complete thought, God willing, and you'll be able to pick up right where we left off last week as we study from Matthew chapter 6. And so to help me do that here in the studio as always, so grateful for his wisdom and insight, Dr. Steve Ford back with me. God bless you, my friend. So good to have you back on Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. It's so great to be back. And at the beginning of the, actually before the show started, we were talking about the end of last show and just all those great scriptures that you had on God's sovereignty. Mm. And that should bring us so much peace of mind that God has us. I mean, those were a lot of scriptures that were really worth putting to memory and thinking about in those times when we are tempted to fear and try to take care of things in our own power and our own wisdom. Mm. Amen. Amen. I think we we could probably spend every show just talking about the sovereignty of God because our minds will never fully comprehend the vastness of who he is. And I think that's why it's going to take all of eternity Yeah, because when will we ever exhaust that understanding? That's how great and awesome he is. That's why I love when Job was almost in a way asking God to give an account for his decisions (laughs) to which the Lord had to remind him who was the one who put all of these things in order and the universe itself that just speaks of his creativity and his awesomeness that he breathes out universes. I mean, it's, Amazing, really, when you, when you ponder those things and we contrast ourselves with the holiness of God. But let me just start us off with a couple more thoughts, Dr. Ford. And if you could, you can read from Matthew chapter 6 and sure. get our study. But let me just start with this. I, I want to encourage you, our listener, that our Lord is not discouraging the use of our minds here. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Faith is not contrary to sound thinking. Rather, it's deeply rooted in thought. To ponder these things, Luke chapter 14, 25 to 34, help us in that. In fact, our Lord is urging us to use our heads, but not panic. 
We're to consider the birds of the air, as we're about to read here in verse 26, and the flowers of the field as we think about these things. Verse 28, the evidences are all around us. God wants us to see the evidences before us, ponder these things, meditate on them, and then we'll find that as we seek the Lord for understanding, that our faith will then align with what we behold every single day. We are shown that worry is both illogical and unprofitable. And that's what we're going to examine here today. So, Dr. Ford, kick us off with Matthew chapter 6, if you would. In the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm. Powerful words, and we've talked about this being really our our understanding of the sovereignty of God, that he is before all things, he is in all things, he saw the end from the beginning, he has designated, appointed even a a day for us to graduate from this flesh, either by a series of events that could occur and take us prematurely or an old age, or even by the rapture. The Lord has already seen that date, appointed that time, and there's a mission to be done, a work to be done, and and that's the stewardship of the faithful servant, that whatever is before us, this stewardship will help us to then faithfully serve. God has given us life, breath. Uh, he's given us purpose, everything that we need before us to faithfully serve him in the everydayness of life, and we turn all other matters over to him. This is really about a perspective that we are to be people of faith, of, of trusting that God knows what he's doing in all circumstances, even when it hurts. And I can tell myself that all day long and encourage others in that likewise, but yet find myself also struggling in these things. When that bill comes across my desk and I struggle to know whether or not the resources are going to come in to pay for it, and my wife, believe me, as you have heard from me, Dr. Ford, you know even all the years that she has struggled with cancer— And those bills can be mounting tens of thousands of dollars sometimes. And on a pastoral salary, the money is not there, but yet God. And I have seen time and time again where he is constantly having to remind me in my little faith, even at moments where suddenly there's extra money in the account that shouldn't be there. It's it's like having extra gasoline in the tank when you know you've been on E for a week. How did it extend that long? And, And yet we've fail to remember the promises of God throughout Scripture that he is constantly unveiling to us time and time again that he is over all things. Will you trust me? And that's why we really need to examine that even number one, as we take this verse apart, all these verses, 
starting in verse 25. Number one, he says to us that worry is a distortion of values and a reversal of priorities. He says there in verse 25b, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? If God is our creator and he has given us life, will he not also provide the incidentals such as food and clothing? I mean, really, are such matters really too difficult for God? And we can smile over that, but that's really what we sound like when we worry before the Lord, as if he hadn't taken account of that thing that you're about to experience, that that somehow that was a lapse in his overarching view of all things, that he's omnipresent, that he's omniscient, that his eyes are to and fro, he sees everything. Everything, but somehow he managed to overlook this situation that we're going through. And that's how we treat him over and over again. That's why this is part of the refiner's fire to strengthen our faith. He tells us in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So materialism at its base is a reversal of priorities. It places the temporal above eternal things. It's short-sighted. It misses the long view of matters. It is this world-centered. Yes, even Dr. Ford, as we talked about it, just our clothing, our food. I mean, really think about how those things even dominate the day. And, and of course, we've talked about what he meant and refers to by clothing. It's not that you, you're you in concern about wearing a piece of clothing today, but that's where he's getting to the root of the matter. You concern yourself with far too many things that are temporal, as if I can't clothe you, as if I can't feed you. Now, again, this is not a license to sit on our hands and be unproductive. That's not what we're talking about. That's why I bring up the stewardship. We are to be faithful in all that he has given to us, but stop fretting when things are not going to our plan. Because quite frankly, they're still in God's plan, even when it's hard, even when it's painful. God is still sovereign over all things. So we have to ask ourselves, which is more important, life itself or the food we put in our mouth? Which is of higher value, our body or the clothing we put on? You see, worry is a preoccupation with matters of lowest priority. That's frankly what materialism is in the scope of eternity. It's taking on the lowest thing because that feels like it impacts us the most today as opposed to having an eternal view. And I do not believe that the meal over which we are so distressed is the difference between life and death. It is not our last meal. If we were to miss that meal or sequential meals for that matter, would it really matter? I mean, didn't Jesus demonstrate that the flesh could sustain for longer than deemed physically possible? You just go back to Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 on that. I mean, even still, we see that while Moses was with God, he didn't seem to need food or water for 40 days. In Exodus chapter 34 verse 28, our life is not on the line as much as we might think it is. If we don't get that suit or a dress Will our body suffer for it? I mean, in the vast majority of cases, I think not. And Paul gladly suffered deprivation for the sake of the gospel. You just go to 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 27. So worry is a symptom of reversed priorities. And our Lord calls this to our attention. And number two, worry is a failure to see things as they really are. It truly blinds us to what's going on right in front of us. And you remember that in verses 22 to 23, materialism was described in terms of bad eyesight. 
uh, such is really true, for it fails to see things as they really are. Let's look at verse 26 now, Matthew 6. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I mean, look at the skies and look at the birds. I mean, I don't know about you, Dr. Ford, I have birds all over the place, and they constantly remind me. If I even stop to observe them, of what God has done in his creativity. I, my grandfather used to be big in bird watching. I mean, he had all the books. He could tell you all the different types. And as a child, I think what I just truly took away from that was look at the canvas that God has made. One bird wouldn't do it. No, no, no. He's got to have hundreds, thousands of different types of birds. And that again speaks to his sovereignty his creativity, his majesty. It all brings him glory and praise. Romans tells us that. Just look at the world around us. You can't help but see that there's been a creator behind all of this. You have to invent things to try to to justify your sin that somehow you're not accountable to a holy God when all you have to do is just look around the room and see what God has done. I mean, look in the mirror and look what God has done. In all of his universe, he decided he needed you. That uniqueness of you and what he would do through you, that somehow the universe was incomplete without you. We think ourselves to be some kind of accident or just another of a type. And, and, and shame on us. You are uniquely you. God saw you in the womb and formed you and knew you before you ever breathed your first. And in this, he gives you everything you need to serve him faithfully, that he be glorified through you. You matter. And he loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. And Dr. Ford, we've often come back to this of those treasures that take away our focus of real priorities in this world when we fail to realize that we're to heap up treasures in an eternal level that neither rust nor moth nor thief can destroy or take away from us. And these things become priority to us. And so when we look around us, we see all these birds, and we just think about, look at what God has done, and he cares for them, and not a single sparrow can fall to the ground or hop on the ground without his knowing. He is that attentive to all he has created. So to the Christian, God is our heavenly father. He's our Abba. He's our daddy. This should make a difference in how we perceive him and what he deems is in our best interest as we go through that refiner's fire, I mean, worry does not see matters clearly. It distorts everything. It allows our vision of our Heavenly Father to be obscured. It overlooks the providential care of God, ultimately. And number three, worry is a waste of energy. Dr. Ford, you read this, verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I mean, worry is the most unproductive use of one's time, and yet it's crippling. Uh, Dr. Ford, you talked about being paralyzing. Right. And that's the work of the enemy right there. If you're on a roll, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, if you're literally things are moving well, you are finding that you're at a high point in your faith life, prayer time is going good, scripture reading, you finally found some discipline that week, and then suddenly you find that the worst news hits you. Somebody has said something bad behind your back. You are being attacked in some personal way, and all these things start to occur. It can be crippling as you start to worry about even matters like that. And we know how damaging gossip can be. 
or how damaging things can be on a personal level where you just feel worried about a job, safety, security. Oh, those illusions that we try to bring to ourselves, how dominating those worries can be, as opposed to releasing ourselves. Here I am, send me unto the Father. Thy will be done. You know what this vessel needs to do thy glorious purposes. Oh God, why am I so fearful of losing the illusion of controlling things when every piece of food is because of you? Every gift of clothing is from you. Truly, you've given me what I needed. You allowed me to be a steward of what you have given me, but it's always been you, and it always will be him. And this this is the, the attitude that we should have. I mean, worry truly does cripple us. It accomplishes nothing but unbelief, doubt, and fear. It distracts our attention from matters of higher priority. As I just said, it paralyzes us. Worry creates fears of what could be rather than following what should be done at that moment. And we can all nod in agreement to that. We know we do that. We will even expend time with our family as we give great consternation over these matters. I have found myself almost staring at a wall because I was thinking about something. Can I, I can only imagine what my children thought as they walked into that room. Oh boy, dad is losing his mind. <laughs> and here I was deep in the thought about some matter that was crippling my ability to be fully present. Because I was worried, rather than taking it to prayer immediately. We cannot, by worry, add so much as a cubit to our lifespan. In fact, all the evidence would indicate that we can do only the opposite. We will decline our quality of life. We will even probably diminish our long lifespan because of worry. And Dr. Ford, you probably speak to that. I mean, the evidences of how stress can cripple one's posture and, and and the ailments that can ensue therein. Yeah, there's a, a number of great books that have been written. One of the early ones was called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. And it was the physical ramifications of basically emotional stress. Uh, whether it's just, you know, PTSD, some type of trauma, those sorts of things, and how it can manifest itself physically. Mm. And, and we know these things, I think, sure. with our head. Definitely. We, we have processed this information a time or two. Yeah. Mothers are great with children about saying that. Don't worry. Don't worry. Right. Um, and I think at the end of the day, there's a mom who's listening to this who knows that if it came down to it, they would sacrifice greatly to fill the gap of whatever their child is going through. And we always struggle with that in between of saying, how much as a parent do I do? Because I know they need to grow. They need to struggle a little bit. Because if they struggle a little bit, they'll become better adults, better people. If I oversimplify it for them, uh, they'll never appreciate what they have and, and never truly mature as an adult. So every parent listening thinks that I probably would give everything for my child, but there is a balance until that point, And every parent seems to know that point of, of intercession, a point of infusing themselves in a major way. And so they can say that with some ease. Don't worry. I want you to grow through this. I will be there to give you the very shirt off my back if I had to. Uh, you know, I, I think that the same way we need to p- picture our Abba Father, that there is a, a certain amount of growth that's needed in every situation that we want cl- quickly alleviated because we don't want the growth. We don't want the pain because pain incites some development. We don't want that. We just simply want the path of least resistance, and that's not what's best for us. So our Abba Father knows these things. Yeah, was, as you were talking about the mom, I was thinking just, you know, parents that, I mean, they would take a bullet for their kids. I mean, mm-hmm. they would put their themselves before a, a moving car for their kids. 
And our Heavenly Father, you know, God has already come and done that for us. Mm-hmm. He has already come and died for us. So if we really sort of take that and internalize it, if he's already done that, won't he take care of all these other things too? And I think a lot of it is just really getting ourselves to the point, do we really do we really believe these things? Can we really internalize them? Do we really believe these things that we say that we believe? Because if we do, it should be changing our actions and, and changing our approach. And as you've said, changing our thought life. That's right. I mean, who else but Jesus can give us a sentence that could take us a year to right. truly process through <laughs> and then Sorry. a lifetime to actually do. Right. Right. And that's what we're finding here. I mean, now we're into a month of studying, just not worrying. Yeah. <laughs> and we can give all the scientific appeals to this, the biblical appeals to this, and yet find ourselves as turning off the radio and immediately worrying. And and that's our sin nature at work. That's why yeah. the Lord goes right to the root of this matter. Yeah. I still really like our tandem skydiver illustration because i think there really is just something to that you know where jesus is you know he's in charge and he's the instructor and he's up there and he's he's all you know ready for this he's on top of everything and down below we're just woohoo you know (laughs) because i'd really think that's more intentionally i mean granted there's there's suffering and there's things that we go through but i think in regards to the freedom of worry and concern that we're talking about now, I think that's a very apropos description of what the Lord wants for us. Sure. Sometimes a simple illustration like that can help put it all back in a proper sure. frame of mind, uh, the proper paradigm of these things. But really, it's got to be internalized. Right. Uh, we, we can't just fill up the head with knowledge on these things. It has to be lived out. And, and the Lord will allow us to go through testing on a daily basis to strengthen our faith, to carry another Moses had to learn how to pray in a way that would carry an impact to an entire people. This is where he started to learn true leadership of selfless sacrifice on behalf of others, emulating the likeness of Christ in that way. We see when he's uh, the Israelites are battling the Amalekites, and and his arms have to be lifted up in a posture of worship. And as his arms are growing tired, Aaron and her have to lift his arms up. As they grow tired, they have to build columns of stones on either side to keep those hands worshiping in a posture of worship. This is where the battle was swayed into victory, not by the might, not by strength of men of valor on the field, but in a posture of humility before the holiness of God. This is where there's victory through those chambers between our ears. And I think you've also just made a great point for Christian community, mm. for people to, to hold us accountable of the things that we actually believe. Wait, don't you believe that God is sovereign? Don't you believe that he's powerful enough, omnipresent, you know, omnipotent? Uh, we need our brothers and sisters in the faith during some of these difficult times to, to build us up and even sometimes help us remember what we believe. Mm. Yeah, amen, amen. I mean, really? What we're going to have to hit on this, Dr. Ford, I want to leave our listeners next week with some real takeaways. As you just indicated, we need accountability. We need strength in our prayer life. We need to be in the Word and of the Word. Uh, Regular participants in a church community is a key to that because we're going to learn patience, endurance, perseverance, things that won't be cultivated in any other environment because unity is hard. Being of like-mindedness, patience with fellow brothers and sisters, it truly is an incubator of developing Christ-likeness. That sanctification happens there when we do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. 
And we will learn how to be less worried because we'll be around other people who actually might be able to be an Aaron and a Hur to come alongside to Moses. They might be able to come alongside to you, brothers and sisters, in the church. That's the way it should be. And then we'll find we'll be less concerned about such matters because we'll truly be a community. That's what we strive for. But there are a number of takeaways that we need to learn through this. We'll cover those, try to wrap up this study next week. But we'll see, first of all, next week that worry is an act of unbelief. Oh, that one's going to cut right to the (laughs) the bone. (laughs) And, And maybe we can work in some about going back to seeking first the kingdom of God in this. Uh, because all these other matters can take away from our first love and true, unwavering faith. And that's why we're going to be convicted even more next week. So I want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. If this program has been an encouragement to you, again, if you'd like to listen to the prior broadcasts in this series, you can go to calvaryfountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Services are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays, and we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.